Welcome, my name is Kahe Hunjaki and you're listening to the African Tour Tales podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. Today, the train will make a stop in Eswatini, formerly known as Swaziland. The Kingdom of Eswatini was established by the Swazis in the mid-18th century under the leadership of Ngwane III. However, the Swazi territory as is today was unified and expanded by King Mswati II in the 19th century. King Mswati was known as a fighter and is credited for coming up with the defense strategies that led to the consolidation of Swazi territories into one kingdom. Christianity is the dominant religion in Eswatini and was first introduced by King Mswati II when he invited Methodist Christian missionaries into his kingdom. King Mswati ascended into power after the death of his father, King Somholo, the founding father of the Swazi nation. On his deathbed, the king had a vision that a strange people had come to his land with a book and money. He cautioned his people, letting them know that a voice warned him against taking the money and fighting the strange people. He advised his son and members of the royal house to go for the book. This was interpreted to mean that the European would come to Swaziland with money and the Bible, and the natives should obviously avoid the money and instead choose the Bible wholeheartedly. Soon after his vision, the king died and his son ascended to power. King Mswati II immediately reached out to the Western missionaries and the Wesleyan Methodist missionaries, heeded the call and headed to Swaziland. They were warmly received by the Queen Mother and the then young 16-year-old King Mswati II in the year 1844. Reverend Allison and Richard Giddy arrived from South Africa to a warm reception and upon King Mswati's instructions, they were allocated land in Lovunga and the people in this territory were asked to help the missionaries in whatever they needed. The missionaries were well received in Lovunga as the people were honoring the wish of the late king and regarded his message as one from the national ancestors. They helped the missionaries build a chapel and a huge residential house, planted a variety of fruit trees and a high wall fence was erected. The first service was held on the 7th of July 1844 at the completed chapel and there's a recorded attendance of about 400 people. After this somewhat successful venture by the missionaries, they took two Swazi nationals with them to go have them trained as teachers. After Reverend Allison left, the young African converts that had remained were aggressively converting the Swazi nationals and teaching them how to read and write. While in South Africa, Reverend Allison was trying to raise funds for the second phase of evangelizing and converting the Swazi people. The Swazi people who took on this new religion began to change their code of dressing and neglecting the Swazi traditionals and way of life. 
those that had more than one wife chased away all but one. When this report got to Rev Giddy and Allison, they wrote to the Wesleyan Church on the successes achieved, citing the open reception of the gospel by the Swazi people, and sought for more funds, which he received and embarked on a journey back to Eswatini for permanent residence. He came back with the two young Swazi nationals who had been trained for a year, his wife, children, and a number of Sotho teachers. Upon their arrival, they find out the young African evangelist had opened a school where they taught the Swazi about the gospel. Rev. Allison was so encouraged that he had another missionary center set up a few kilometers not too far from the first one to help ease the operations of evangelizing. However, this wonderful progress was brought to a halt after a small fight erupted in the royal court of a royal cattle and a few rebellious chiefs fled the courts and sought refuge at the mission center. Rev. Allison protected them and refused to hand them over to the king's men and this infuriated King Mswati. He ordered the mission center destroyed but also instructed his men not to touch a hair on the missionaries. The missionaries fled and a huge chunk of the Swazi nationals that had converted out of fear chose to voluntarily flee with the missionaries. This brought evangelization to a halt for over 20 years and King Mswati refused to work or accept any missionaries into his country. He saw this as a threat to his kingdom. He felt the missionaries would collude with his enemies and bring down the Swazi kingdom. This was after Rev. Allison protected the rebellious chiefs at his center. King Mswati became so hostile towards any missionaries who requested to set up or continue what Allison had started. He was angered by the missionaries for stealing his subjects and heading with them to Natal, at least that's how he saw it. Rev. Allison did not help matters as he started his missionaries' work again in Swati's kingdom without his permission and disregarded the law of the land and the Swazi traditions. This did not at all sit well with King Mswati and as the fighter he was, Allison's actions led to serious consequences. Evangelization efforts only resumed after the death of King Mswati around the year 1881. King Badzeni was ruling around this period and he realized the importance of the education that was once offered by the missionaries to his kingdom and out of his own initiative started reaching out to them to come and pick up from where they left off. He instructed them to build missionary centers that had educational and industrial aspects to them. King Badzeni was keen on educating his nine children, hence this decision which opened up room for missionaries from other denominations to pitch tent and the kingdom of Eswatini. Among the missionaries who came back were the Swazi ministers from the Mahamba mission of the Wesleyan Church who returned to revive the auspicious work 
that had commenced under Mswati's reign. However, it took them a longer time to set up and gain people's trust as other missionaries had come and immediately commenced the hunting and winning of souls. Generally, the Swazi had a belief in an unseen being all-powerful even before the inception of Christianity. It was easy for them to resonate with the concept of God from a white man's perspective as it clearly aligned with their initial belief. The Swazi Kingdom, unlike many other African countries, invited the missionaries into their lands. It is one of the few nations where missionaries did not show up on their own. Now you know how religion was introduced into the kingdom of Eswatini. I hope you enjoyed. That is all we had for you on today's African Tuatel segment with me, Kahehunjoki. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, head over to edify.up and search for the Edify app in the Apple and Google Play stores.